This show is brought to you by Black Umbrellas. Developing Africa's black businesses together. together. Good day to you. Thank you for joining me here on Tax FM 107.2, your favorite uh, local campus radio station. Now I'm joined by an incredible businessman today because uh, his industry is one that I'm certainly uh, excited about and the work that they're doing at uh, Castry uh, is certainly incredible. Uh, Mr. Moses Matsepane is the director of Castry and he joins me. Uh, he He's passionate about creative pursuits in engineering, gaming, science and software. With the depth of experience in software technologies, Moses is fascinated by the relationship between humans and machines. The tech guru enjoys creating products and technologies with a human relevance in their nature. Moreover, he is on a mission to connect people to each other whilst forging that special nexus between humans and machines and making it more natural and intuitive. Uh, Moses, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Lennox, for asking. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, not too bad. I'm really excited to be chatting to you. Uh, first question. Tell us a little bit more about your business. Uh, I saw just what you're doing, which is really interesting. Uh, I want to hear it from you. Okay. So, yeah, as Castry uh, is, um, is a product development and technology studio. So what we do, uh, we develop uh, and design products, um, different types of technology products. So we offer both products and services. So, for example, on the services side, we do uh, application design, we do software design, we do software architecture. We've done software architecture uh, projects for, for quite uh, big companies such as Standard Bank, Department of Mineral Resources. We also do corporate identity because we're very passionate about product. So sometimes some companies come to us and they want an overall design not only the app they also want the look and feel of the product we also offer those services that's on the server side and then on the product product side we do telematics um, telematics is taking a device putting it on a vehicle or on a machine collecting data about that and then generating amazing reports and that's what that's what we offer on the product side incredible incredible um, now why did you start this specific business so, so again, I started the, uh, the business because I'm very, very, very passionate about technology. I'm very passionate about designing products. Mm. I'm very passionate about, about, about design and creativity. So, so I used to do this type of work at my job. I did it for 10 years. I worked at research and development, and I was based at, uh, at CSRR. And I, and I did sort of the similar work uh, for, for over 10 years. And then I noticed that, you know what, I could do a lot more and I could reach a lot more people and I could make a bigger impact if this work that I'm doing is a company uh, that's designed to sell product and, and reach uh, the country and the world at large. That's, uh, that's certainly interesting. Uh, certainly something that's been driven by your passion, you mentioned, and it's certainly uh, something that I'm excited to hear as well. Now, I'm just wondering, um, you're part of Black Umbrellas uh, you part of their program. Where did you hear about Black Umbrellas, and why did you join their program? So I, I heard about Black Umbrellas from from a friend. A friend of mine, you know, knew about the program, and then he told me, like, look, man, I think your business would uh, would you be able would, would benefit uh, from a program like Black Umbrellas. So I looked them up, and I looked at what they're doing, and I was quite excited about what they do. So the, the the couple of things that I needed from them was you know office space and not just office space for the physical aspects of the building, 
sort of offer space with people that I know that they are in the same stage of their businesses as me. All right. And that's exactly sort of what they offered me is that, you know, it's young entrepreneurs or businesses are, are young. They just, they've just started or they're in the same stage. And then we are, we are all breathing in the same space. And another noteworthy thing that they helped me to do was to craft uh, my business plan. And then that's why I'm able to communicate my, you know, the, what I do, my product and, and what my business is about so clearly is because of the program helped me to solidify exactly what it is that I do and what it is that I offer. Certainly, I certainly agree with that. And I think that robustness in the business plan is certainly important because when that business plan goes out there, sometimes the investor, that's all the investor sees. So I'm glad that you sort of uh, made it a little bit more robust. But to be specific, what exactly in the business plan did you have to strengthen? So, so, so on the business plan, I had to... So again, like usually as, as entrepreneurs, we have pipe dreams sometimes uh, because we're very passionate and very driven. So sometimes we have these very, very broad ideas of what it is that we are doing in our businesses. So what the business plan did, it helped me to be very analytical, to say, okay, if I'm saying that I'm going to install uh, devices on 200,000 vehicles in, in, a, in two years, you know, they, they, they helped me to actually calculate, okay, how many cars are there in the country, you know, what's the size of the market, who are the people that are in that market. So I needed to come uh, with, uh, with quantifiable numbers. To, to, to those metrics. And I had to even call people and say, are you prepared to buy this product? So it was a very, very robust business plan that's got numbers, that's got metrics. And also, if I'm saying I'm going to be installing 200,000 vehicles, what, was, what does my HR plan look like? How many people am I going to employ? And if I employ people, where am I going to get the money to employ the people? And if I'm, if I'm going to get the money, on what basis? So it's, a, it's like a cyclic thing where you, you, as you grow, you get more people. As you get more people, you need obviously more, more, more revenue. And as you need more revenue, where you're going to get it from, and the product quality and all those things. So everything had to be put, put on paper and solidified like that. Uh, it certainly sounds like uh, it paid dividends, which is incredible. And I'm happy that was achieved. Wondering as well, in terms of Black Umbrella's assistance to your business, uh, you mentioned a little bit about the network. Uh, is there anything in addition uh, that they also manage to sort of support you with, be it uh, explicitly or implicitly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what they what they do um, on a on a regular basis, they they find out if, if you know if, if I need any mentorship, um, and then they you know they they will assist me in finding sort of a mentor or a person who can advise me about the, the my business in the same space that my business is in. That's one. Number two, they also offer a lot of coaching, uh, which is which is very helpful. Because um, when you're an entrepreneur, it tends to be a very lonely, very, very grueling journey, you know. So it's always good to check in with someone to say, look, how are you doing? You know, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at what your business needs. Uh, let's look at a couple of people that we can call. You know, they'll 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 help you with that. So on a monthly basis, there's a meeting that I'll have with someone at Black Umbrellas to just check in to see how my business is doing. So. If, if things are not going well, you know, they'll, you know, they'll sort of remind you that, look, man, you know, we've come a long way. This is where we're going. Mm. And if things are going good, they'll be, they'll be excited. They'll, they'll be jubilant with you. That's, that's, that's very helpful. I like that. A sense of community is always very important, uh, I believe, yeah. particularly in this business journey, uh, where sometimes uh, for too long we want to walk in isolation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, look, uh, what, what is your advice to other businesses uh, that are looking for support? If particularly if somebody is probably listening now and they're like, you know what, I wish 
I was uh, in Moses' shoes where I get that type of support. Uh, do you have any advice for such people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing that you need to do is that whatever it is that you're doing, you need to do something that you're extremely passionate about. You know, Because I think we, we live in an age where we're always told, just do what you love. It's, it's not even about the feelings. Yeah. Something that you're passionate about is something that you truly, truly believe in. Because if you absolutely believe in something, no matter how hard it gets, because it does get hard. There's going to be times when you really, really want to quit, but the passion will drive you through those through those fires. So that's number one. You have to do something that you're absolutely passionate about, that you're prepared to do anything for. That's number one. Number two, you have to have very, very strong beliefs and, and, and principles about your business. Because again, as much as you're passionate, as much as you love what you're doing, there's going to be people outside that are going to question what it is that you're doing. And sometimes the questions are very... Um, sometimes the questions are very, you know, uh, innocent. They'll just ask you very innocent questions that could crumble your, your what you believe about business. You have to have strong beliefs about your business so that if somebody asks you why it is you're doing mm. what you're doing, you need to be able to list the principles and the reasons why you're doing it so that you can defend your business. Um, it's not it's not easy. People will always ask you very, very difficult questions and you should be able to answer that. Those are the two main things for me that I would say you, you need before you even think about either starting a business or think about, you know, joining the program. Profound, profound. What is next for Castry, your business, which is really impressive, by the way? The next thing um, for me, um, I would like to grow my client base. Um, and that was, that was, again, those things were added in my, in my business plan. I wanted to grow my service offering base. And, and again, I've, I've been getting bigger clients, um, uh, this, this, in, the, in, the, in the past year, I've got one big client this year. And I would like to install as many devices on vehicles as possible because the more devices I have, that improves the quality of the reports that I, that I generate for, for my clients. So, and that's what I sell. So for me, I sell advanced reporting on the telematics side, on the product side. I want to install as many devices as possible to improve the quality of my reports. I want to attract talent. Because without talent, um, you know, a business is just a business. You know, what makes great business is great is, is, is amazing talent. That's that's for me what's uh, what what I'm doing now. This show is brought to you by Black Umbrellas, an enterprise and supplier development incubation organisation aimed at supporting emerging and existing 100% black-owned businesses. How can people get in touch with you? If they're looking for your products, I mean, uh, just practically, just explain to us actually how your product works because I do know you install it on a device and give some good reports uh, for companies can also make informed decisions. Uh, just uh, maybe if you want to just break down a little bit as to your pragmatically how this product can improve someone's life or someone's business. Okay, so um, if you have a fleet of vehicles, um, you know, about maybe say you've got 200 vehicles, We'll come through and we'll, we'll, we'll put in a device uh, that's got a communication module that communicates um, via GSM, and it will send all that information to to our server, uh, which is our protocol insights.castry.co.ca, so Castry Insights. So at Castry Insights, you'll be able to view where the vehicle is. You'll be able to schedule trips. You'll be able to say, okay, you know, you'll be able to, uh, to, to look at efficiency parameters. If you're doing a delivery service or delivery business, you'll be able to know how efficient you are. Uh, you'll be able to know if a person exited or entered a geofence. Uh, you'll be able to generate all kinds of, um, amazing reports, uh, about the operations of your fleet. But the biggest thing that we offer that, uh, differentiates on the market is that we do all those things for you. 
So you, you don't have to worry. You just have to run your operations, and we'll be the ones uh, digging through the data and telling you, okay, this is what's happening in the fleet at the moment. You know, this is the utilization, this is the efficiency, and this is how much it's costing. So we'll be able to tell you those parameters. You don't have to worry about them. Interesting. Um, can I just uh, find out, so if somebody's got a car, they're driving in their car right now, and possibly, you know, before they, they've sort of like, the car's been stolen whilst it's had a tracker, uh, what would be the difference between uh, somebody getting that, that tracker device from another company and coming to your company? So, so the difference between uh, us and maybe getting a, a tracking device, and then, okay, so first of all, we're not, um, we're not a tracking and recovery company. Yeah. We're a, we're a telematics company, right? So we are more interested in the data that comes out of the vehicle. So the difference between us is that not only are we looking for location where it's been, but we're also looking at data that comes from the engine of the vehicle. So utilization, is the engine overheating, is there, is there other issues on the on the vehicle that you need to know about? So this is primarily targeted at fleets um, of at least 20 vehicles. So if you have more than 20 vehicles, then you know then it makes sense because the reports are very complex. So it wouldn't necessarily work. On, on one vehicle. It works better on 20 or more vehicles because that's when we can see efficiency metrics, utilization metrics, and, and how much it's costing you as well. No, that's, that's, that's interesting. And I imagine you probably have a lot of business with the, uh, some of these companies, the, the transport industry. I'm sure that's where maybe the trucking uh, businesses? Yes, that's, those are my targets. Those are my target customers. So logistics, uh, mining, um, and just general sort of transport. That's, those are my target customers. That's what I'm trying to get a lot of business uh, from. Now, incredible. Uh, if I just take you back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier, you, talk, you spoke about strong belief uh, you know, about your business. Now, I just want to create this link between you know, the taking you back to where really it started, where you're working, you've, you've gained 10 years' experience, and you're probably an expert uh, in the in the industry, uh, in the ten years that you had accumulated, and then now you decided, look, I'm going to start a business. Um, what are some of those, as you said, some of those subtle voices that people would or questions people are probing to you, and how did you sort of deal uh, with that pressure, having to decide, you know what, this is what I want to do, and this is what I'm going to do. To be honest, it's, it's very, it was very very difficult um, because at that time, you know, I was like a I was heading up a department. I was a very senior person in, 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 in my company. So, it, you know, in terms of the job, I was, you know, I was sort of doing well work-wise. Yeah. So people didn't understand, like, but why would you want to quit that job? And, and, you know, why don't you do this thing on the side? That was the first question. But it's not possible because it's so big. If, if, if you want to take anything seriously, it has to be full-time. You can't, you can't do it half, when you're half-tired, you know, and you know, at the end of the day. That's, that's, that's principle number one. I believe that if I want to do something well, I have to do it full time. The second question that I was asked was about, you know, so where are you going to get money? You know, mm. I was also told a statistic about 99% of businesses fail and all those things. The thing is, you know, statistics can be always thrown at you, you know, to, to sort of scare you. But I wasn't scared because I, I knew who I was and I knew what I was capable of. And I focused more on the reward instead of the, the potential loss because the potential loss was, was really, really small. Worst case that could have happened is business didn't work and I go back to work. That's, that's not really a loss. Yeah, and Whereas, chances are they would have taken you back anyway. <laughs> exactly. And then the potential <laughs> upside, that's what I was more focused on, is if this thing works really well, the impact that it could, it could have would be so immense uh, that you know I can't even fathom it. So that's, for me, what preoccupied. I'm, I'm more preoccupied by what it could be and what it could become and less 
preoccupied by, you know, what if this happens and the, and the statistics, which most of them don't take into account a lot of things. They don't take into account whether you're educated. They don't take into account whether you're an expert. They just, you know, put a broad stroke and say 90% of businesses fail. Which ones, you know? So I think like that. That's, that's for me what, you know, what were some of the challenges. And also from the family side, I had to convince my wife, you know, yeah. that we need to get rid of our house. I need to, yeah. to convince my parents that, you know, I'm not going to be sending them the money that I used to send them anymore. Uh, but I had to sell them those things. So if I couldn't sell them those things, I couldn't get them to believe in those things. How was I going to get my clients to believe in my business? Sure. You have taken a lot of risk, you know, a lot of risk. Uh, yeah. Jake also mentioned you had to sell the house and at that, at that point. Um, how did you really deal with the risk? Because a lot of people risk averse. They're like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm comfortable. People are really comfortable. How did you just step out and say, look, let's just do it? I know the risk was calculated on your side, but uh, how did you have the, the bravery to step out? So, so, so that's, that's for me, um, when I was young, um, when I was young, I was very entrepreneurial, right? I was always making products and I was always selling them. It is taking for, you know, as a photographer, I was always taking pictures and making people pay for that. I was always making crafts. So I, I had that in me to, to, to just try something and see if it works and if it works and listen to a signal as I'm doing it. Um, and, and, and sort of gravitate towards that. So, so the biggest thing for me was um, I needed to know that what is it that I'm doing right now at, at my work? Is it going to make the impact that I'm trying to make? That was the biggest um, deciding factor for why I had to take the risk. What I'm doing right now, if everything stayed the same, if I stuck to the status quo, what is the best possible impact that I can have uh, in this country or in this world versus if I take this risk and start a business what is the biggest possible impact that I can have? So when I compared the two, the, the latter was far better. It was like an order of magnitude more than what I could have done at work. I mean, the best thing I could have been at the work was a CEO, which for me, it wasn't good enough. I wanted to do a lot more than that. So that, for me, was the, was the deciding factor. It was the reward mechanism. How big is the potential payoff or how big is the potential impact versus um, the potential downside because the downside there's also downsides to everything. As I said to you earlier, the downside for me was just going back to work. Yeah, was, yeah. That's that's as bad as it could get. True, and especially when you're in a very specialized field, it would be a lot easier to find work, of course, uh, provided you had the experience. So it was really a, a good move, and I'm excited that you took that that move. Now, I, I just want to find out from you your tips to any young entrepreneurs, young aspiring entrepreneurs listening now. Uh, as we know that there's a lot of uh, young people who probably want to get into entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons. Maybe they want to get that car, or and, and that's not going to be enough to 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 survive the test of time. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, we live in an age where you know the entrepreneurial route is romanticized. Um, you know, it's, you know, we, we look at the likes of the Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. You know, we look at guys who exist in economies that are just that have just. Excess abundance, right? Mm. Like uh, America is a ridiculously big economy where, you know, you can produce many, many millionaires and billionaires, right? So what you need to be sensitive of, you need to be sensitive of the environment that you exist in. We exist in South Africa. You need to understand how big is our economy and how big are the opportunities in our economy. You need to be able to quantify those and how, how impactful are your skills or how, how do your skills and what you are trying to do, how is it 
matching uh, with the opportunity. Those are very, very important because many, many people tell themselves they're going to be the next Zuckerberg or they're going to be the next um, whoever, you know, in, in who's big in Silicon Valley, but they don't understand that those guys exist in a very, very different world. We exist in a very, very different world as well. So I was very sensitive to, to those types of things. So that's how I would ask young people to know that I would encourage them to, to start businesses. I want young people to start businesses. I want young people to pursue um, uh, uh, businesses and have passion and build products that's good for our economy. But at the same time, they need to be sensitive to what is the structure of our economy and what is the structure of the environment that we exist in relative to you know the other people that they aspire to be. Incredible. Well, well, thank you so much. That was certainly insightful. Uh, a lot of lessons learned there and a lot of lessons to reflect on for myself personally. Uh, so I really appreciate your time and uh, thank you, uh, Moses, for joining me today. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the, the contact details uh, if, they, if people want to get hold of me. Of course, please uh, please go ahead. Yeah, so it's uh, for email. It's info at castry.co.za. Castry is C-A-S-T-R-Y .co.za. Or you can visit our website at www.castry.co.za. Or you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Moses Matsetan on LinkedIn. Incredible. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Moses, uh, for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much, uh, Lennox. This was great. I really appreciate it as well. That's uh, Moses uh, Matepane, who's the director of Castry, a company that is certainly doing a lot of innovative work. As you mentioned, you can check out their website at www.castry.coza, uh, which is castry.coza. And uh, we carry on with this conversation in entrepreneurship and how best we can learn from these entrepreneurs. Uh, he's part of the uh, program at Black Umbrellas, which is a, an incubation company, which is doing a lot of work in the South African context. Black Umbrellas, developing Africa's future black businesses together.